I could listen to that all day. Happy New Year. Reverend Jason Warren Griffiths, glad you're spending this year kicking off together, right? Uh, This is Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, where we are worshiping Jesus Christ. We're living out God's love, and we are transforming community by the Holy Spirit. And I I don't know about you, but I'm a little tired. I stayed up till New Year for the first time in a long, long time. We had a wedding here, and I'll I'll mention that in my sermon later, but uh, we had 250 plus in this place up until midnight. Actually, they were here till like two, but uh, it's, it, it was rare. It was, it was, I don't know. Anywho, I'm just super excited that this year's starting off with a kabang. And by the way, Cornell, you're amazing. Have I told you that lately? Just coming in, but yeah, round of applause. I just, I, it's beautiful. Just harpsichord. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty. Uh, I, announcements. What do we got for announcements? I think I'm awake. I think the office is closed tomorrow. Is that probably right? I think the office is closed tomorrow. And then uh, along with everybody else, I think the parade's happening tomorrow and all kinds of jazz. So relax and to enjoy that. But for now, let's, let's stand. I'll read our call to worship. It's our lectionary text for the day. It comes from Psalm 148. And I'm just going to read the first two verses from the Passion Translation. Let's slow ourselves down. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let the skies be filled with praise and the highest heavens with shouts of glory. Go ahead. Praise the Lord. All you his messengers. Praise him some more all you heavenly hosts. Let's worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Singing hymn number 206, We Three Kings of Orient Are.
grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all and teaching us to renounce what is evil in the world. Trusting in God's grace, let us confess our sin. God of grace and truth, in Jesus Christ you came among us as light shining in the darkness. We confess that we have not welcomed the light or trusted good news to be good. We have closed our eyes to glory in our midst, expecting little and hoping for less. Forgive our doubt and renew our hope so that we may receive the fullness of your grace and live in the truth of Christ the Lord. Amen. God has poured out the Holy Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might have hope of eternal life. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. moment, we're going to read a section from the brief statement of our faith as we're doing a communion Sunday. And if you would recite in unison with me this one section of it. We trust in Jesus Christ, fully human, fully God. We trust in God, whom Jesus called Abba, Father, in sovereign love, God created the world good and makes everyone equally in God's image, male and female, of every race and people, to live as one community. You may be seated. This feels like lightning service, right? Okay, I like this. Um, raise your hand if you were blessed over Advent. Over the Advent season, Christmas season, me too. And as we come in this new year, we uh, we had our first wedding since I've been here. Um, a dear friend of mine, uh, after we graduated high school, uh, they actually both of them were friends, Darcy and Luis, and um, they had a child. Her name is Abigail, and. Uh, she grew up, and she's just an amazing woman of God. She actually, if anyone was at the half-day women's retreat, the first one after we arrived in the spring, that's the worship leader. The worship leader was Abigail. Um, she led with a guitar and voice. And Anyway, she got married here last night, and uh, we celebrated this new year. And this place was booming. Um, 
This place was, was full. It was packed. And there was like a celebration. And as I wanted, as I was like cleaning up and moving stuff back to where it's supposed to be, um, I was... filled with a vision with a with a passion and a reminder of when I was in elementary school um, I remember I was in elementary school as we were at Mill, I, I grew up in Millis I grew up everywhere but I grew up in Millis Massachusetts from when I was in kindergarten to a freshman year in high school and I remember we did a tour of the library do you remember you go to the tour of the library Everybody? No? Okay, good. And that was the Dewey Decimal System. And they, you do these cards. And it was just, I don't know what the reason, rhyme, or anything. But I remember the librarian. She, get, she got us all like huddled up and she said, This is a library. This is a library. Where we should be loud. We should be excited. We should be passionate. We should be filled with joy because there's all this information. There's all these stories. And I remember everybody, had, and she starts pointing at people, and she says, dance, dance, dance. And we all started dancing. I don't know, because we were young enough to be dumb. And so we're just dancing in this library in Millis, Massachusetts. And she, I just remember that moment. And I, that, was, that came to me last night as I was cleaning up from the celebration from last night. This is, the, this is God's house. Joy should permeate, should seep into our souls. I want a lot, this, uh, anyhow, I don't, I don't even know, I, yeah, let's look at the text. Otherwise, I'm going to go on. It'll be like six sermons. My session said you should preach longer. You guys are the, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. We're reading out of Ephesians because we're going to do a series on Ephesians. And it's actually, it's tying in our Advent and Christmas series with going into this new year. Paul is in prison. He's writing this letter to the church at Ephesus. And we're going to study his opening section. It's actually his opening prayer. What a great way to spend the, the, the opening of a new year, Right? Looking at scripture, looking at a prayer of Paul. Okay, let's do this. Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 15. I'm going to read to the end. I have heard your faith. I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that, that the God of our Lord Jesus the Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of, of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead 
and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all these things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, preach through me. May your words come out of my mouth. May all my words, as they leave my mouth, fall to the ground and be forgotten. May your words penetrate the hardest of hearts and change us forever. And all God's people said, okay. He starts with prayer. He's in prison. Does that give him a lot of time or a little bit of time? A lot of time, right? He's sitting in this prison, and he's thinking about these people. He's thinking, like, you ever just sit and think about your story, your life, all the people that have come and gone and been a part of you going through this world? You ever do that? I actually love to do that. It's one of my favorite. It's, it, it gives me so much peace, and it gives me so much um, joy, all that jazz. He's thinking, maybe he's thinking, I'm, yeah, I'm Elsie Hughes, you know. He's thinking, um, Terry Ewan. He's thinking, um, Steve Atkins. He's thinking, fill in those names. And he says, as, as he, he starts to list, and you can almost be in the cell with him. As he starts to list these names, he says, I thank God all the time. I'm praising God for you. I'm praising and thanking God for you. And I want you to know a couple things. What does he want us to know? What does he want the church at Ephesus to know? And what does he want us to know? What's his starting place? What's his foundation? First, power. Dunamis. That's what that the, the, the word in the Greek right there. It's where we get the word dynamite. The dunamis power, the dynamite power of God. What's the mountain that needs to be moved? What are the fears that need to be leveled? What's holding you back? What does God come, need to come into your life and say, no, no more. I'm done with that. Chuck it. Get out of the way. What direction is God calling you this year? What is so big, there's no way that it could possibly happen unless God was involved. 
How do we know this God that we serve has this power? Wow. In this text. It starts with a Jesus, ends with a Christ. Ready? Jesus Christ. He displayed the power. When did he display the power? On the cross. Actually, post the cross, the resurrection. The putting to death of all sin for all mankind for all time. And then the raising of his one and only son on our behalves. Making us new creations if we're in him. Right? What else does he want us to know? Love. Love. Absolute, without boundaries, love of our Father for us. Adoration, like passionate caring for you and I. Power and love. That's this opening prayer. That's, this, that's, that's the gospel, actually, in a nutshell. N.T. Wright puts it this, this way. Essentially, it is a prayer that the young Christians may discover the heart of what it means to be a Christian. It means knowing God as the all-loving, all-powerful Father. Twenty twenty three. It's here. Paul is equipping us and encouraging us and inviting us. Do you feel like towards the end of that prayer? Look at the end of that prayer. And he has put all things under his feet. And has made him the head over all the things of, for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Right back before that, he just says, his power is far above all things else. Everything. It's way above. And then you can almost be, once again, enter that cell, that prison cell, once again with Paul. He can... You can you could be in his seat and he's seeing before him the veil of the world that we're living in being pulled back and he's seeing things as they really are. Right? Have you ever have you ever had that experience? Have you ever all of a sudden you have this aha moment? Oh my goodness, this is what it's really all about. Yes or no? Okay, good. I, I like the dialogue. I like the dialogue. I thrive on it. I, I love being up here, and I love this church, and I love these people, you. I was thinking about when, uh, usually when it happens with me, when that veil is pulled back, it has to do with a person. 
or a group of people. And, and usually when it happens with me, I'm thinking about, you know, like, I, I, I'm thinking about, you know, yesterday's, like, what my tasks and stuff like that. And it's an abrupt interruption from God. And all of a sudden, I see with God's eyes the person or persons as they are before Jesus, you know, as Jesus sees them. C.S. Lewis says, if we saw each other as God sees us, we would be tempted to bow down and worship one another. Do you follow that? I've, I've had a habit with Klaus and Daryl, where I'm just like, I love those people so much. The veil gets pulled back and you just start to see, that Klaus dude, that dude is generous. That Daryl, she is creative like nobody's biz. You know, it happens all the time with Sharon, too, because we're on the staff. Have you tasted anything she's cooked? <laughs> that's, that's, there's a piece of God in that, right? God loves to create beautiful things. Chuck and Helen, your fidelity. I pull it back, God pulls back the veil, and I start to see thick or thin, you are on God's side. Amen? He starts to get this veil pulled back, and he's sitting in this prison cell, and what does he say it looks like? He says, I see a day where every blade of grass will bow at Jesus' feet. Every animal, every living creature, will wake up and go to the king and bow. What a vision statement. What a mission statement. What an end game. What a vision that we, we would catch. Every single person walking past. We walk out of this church today and we're at the supermarket. Picture the person right in front of you who just cut you off. <laughs> Who's buying 20 things in a 15 or less aisle. Right? That person will bend a knee. If we pull that veil back and we see people as they really are, passion will start showing up, I believe. All right, applications. First, 2023 is a year of prayer. Okay? You make that covenant with me? This is a year of prayer. We often think that prayer and doing something aren't the same thing. They are the same thing. Prayer is ministry. Have you heard my sermon on the armor of God? No? Perfect. <laughs> I had this sermon. I was preaching in 2012 on the armor of God. And I mentioned there's a Boyer family over in Huntington Beach. And there was a guy named Gaylord Boyer. He had seven sons. And all those seven sons had like 16 children each. So half of Huntington Beach is, is Boyer. And a couple of them played in the NFL. The Jets and the Buffalo Bills. Mark Boyer and John Boyer. They both played football. They're really good friends of a friend of mine. 
But every single one of them, every single offspring, every single grandchild, every single, any, any person that marries into that family, they never leave their house without putting on the armor of God. Belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, shoes for sharing the gospel, helmet of salvation, shield of faith, sword of the spirit. They never leave the house. I preached that 2012. I'm up in San Marino driving home. Malia, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit says, why don't we do that? <laughs> Convicted. Since 2012, we do it. We do it every day. All my, my, my kids, Zeke and Elsie, every single day, and hopefully they do it in their families. But what does it say at the end of the putting on your armor of God? What do you do once the armor of God is on? You take a knee. You take a knee and you pray. You don't go attack things. You don't go change the world. It's just like when Moses was at the, at the, about to cross the Red Sea to go fight the Egyptians who they had just been set free from. God says, shut up, sit still, watch me do my power. I'll take care of the Egyptians. You just sit there and pray. Watch, Wait. That's us in 2023. No joking around. We're going to pray. We're going to be people wrapped in the far surpassing power of our God. Amen? We're also going to be wrapped in the love of our Savior. Power and love. We pray, we're wrapped in power, we're wrapped in love, and then we live into this identity of this world that it can't touch us. We live in that perpetual state of having that veil pulled back and we see people as they really are. Worthy of God's only Son. Worthy of being invited to the, everything that this church has to offer. Worthy of being invited into our lives. Who are we to hold back what we've been given? Right? Have you ever seen generosity? And then it just stops? No? No? I've seen it time and time again. I've seen generous parents pouring into their kids, and then all of a sudden it just stops with the kids. And I think that's one of the greatest tragedies there is. And I think that's one of the greatest crimes that the church has. We're not saved just to be saved. We're saved to jump into other people's messes so that they might know they can be saved too. Right? Amen. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit, may we be a people of prayer. We pray, help us to pray. May we be wrapped in the knowledge that you are the all-loving, all-powerful Father. 
And Lord, by your spirit, may we live out, live out of our victory power. And all God's children said, as we continue in worship, we're going to, call, I'm going to call for the offering, pray for the offering. Um, and if you're listening online, we're about to go to the Lord's Supper too. So get out your elements. But if you're here in the, in the sanctuary, you'll just leave your tithes, offering, and gifts in the plates. Those of you online, send the Presbyterian Church of the Covenant, P.O. Box 2128, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. Um, let me pray for the offering. Lord, I just thank you for giving us so, so much. And thank you for providing for this, your outpost of your kingdom. I pray that you would continue to do so, and I pray that you would equip us to be joyful givers and good stewards of the resources that we've been given. And all God's children said, this morning's offerings and tithes are now received.
we are still in the liturgical season of Christmas until the 6th, and then we move into Epiphany. So this is still Christmas time, which is why we sing these three kings, because the kings are coming this week. And so we are still reflecting on the Christmas story and what it means to us. And we recall a child has been born for us in Bethlehem, wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And he will be our shepherd, feeding his flock in the strength of the Lord. And we come to this table to be fed and to be nourished by our shepherd. We come to receive these elements which will nourish us. So would you join me in a prayer? O holy God, creator and ruler of the universe, you created light out of darkness and brought forth life on the earth. You formed us in your image and called us to love and serve you. When we were unfaithful and turned from your ways, you did not forsake us. Your love remained steadfast. In the fullness of time, you sent your only Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior. In him, your word, dwelling with you from all eternity, became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. And we beheld your glory, Emmanuel. Born in humility, he came to rule over all. Helpless as an infant, he showed the power of your love. Poor in things of this world, he brought the wealth of your grace. Rejected by many, he welcomed all who sought him. In his dying and rising, you gave birth to your church and delivered us from slavery to sin slavery to sin and death. Gracious God, pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these your gifts of bread and wine, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be the communion of the body and the blood of Christ. Empower us by your Spirit, O God, to be Christ's presence in the world, even as Jesus was God with us. Keep us faithful in your service until Christ comes in final victory, and we shall feast with all your saints in the joy of your eternal realm. Through Christ we pray. Amen. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus gathered with his followers, and after giving thanks, he took bread. And he broke it. And he said, this is my body, broken for you. Take, eat, and do this in remembrance of me. And we, acting in Jesus' name, say to you, take, eat, and do so in Jesus' name. So if you would take your little pod and take your bread.
say. This is the body of Christ, broken for you. Take and eat. And in the same way, after he had given thanks, he lifted up the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant. My blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins. And then Paul later adds in his letter to the Corinthians, as often as we, that's you and I, eat this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim he's coming back for us. And in lieu of our text this morning, we also proclaim we're part of the covenant community. Jesus has paid for the sins of us all. Amen? And at this table, the veil is pulled back, and we get a foreshadowing of that ultimate table when the Spirit will wipe away every tear from our eye, and Jesus will be at the head of that table, and he'll say, this I did for you. Let's celebrate. This is the cup of Christ, the blood of the new covenant. Christ's blood shed for you. Take, drink. Please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, precious Lord Jesus, powerful spirit. We pray as we leave this place and have just gathered together to hear through your word that you've given us power, you've given us love. And now we've met and we've broken bread together. Fill us with your spirit that we may continue to live out your victorious life that you have for us. We pause for a moment and we lift up our world. All the wars, all the turmoil, all the strife. We pray for your church to be a healing agent in all of it. We pray over our country, our government, national and local. We lift up before you this morning our mayors, our senators, all the people behind the scene. Fill them with your wisdom, love, and justice. Pray for all the the folk that are hurting because of all the weather. Be their rock, be their refuge, be their salvation. We lift before you in the quietness and the stillness of our hearts the mountains that you need to move and the people we need to love.
We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We hand this year over to you because it's yours anyway. Use us, mold us, fill us with your spirit that we might be lights in this dark, dark place. And all God's children said, We'll remain seated because we do the Lord's Prayer a little different around here. You guys know, right, on Communion Sundays. Anybody that's new, be prepared. It's pretty crazy good in here. Um, but just right now, put your hands in your lap, and I'll, I'll give you a benediction. May God's face shine upon not only your neighbor but you. May the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit guard and keep you. And may the peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds today, tomorrow, throughout 2023, and forevermore. May it be so. Amen.